Discover the hidden Israelite ancestry of some of the most powerful nations on earth. Discover the identity of Assyria and its role in this final jubilee cycle. Learn of the pending judgments that are to be soon poured out as a result of transgressing the sabbatical years. Sighted Moon. For articles, videos, and updates, visit sightedmoon.com. Shalom again, and welcome back to sightedmoon.com. This is Joseph Dumont speaking to you. I'm your host, and we're glad to have you back. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're liking us on iTunes. I hope you're rating us, making comments, letting them know how much you enjoy the shows. We're going to continue on with our teaching last week, or last time, about the Metonic Cycle. This will be part two. Last time, we explained to you how the Metonic Cycle was added by Hillel in 358 uh, Common Era. We showed you how Meton created that cycle in the 5th century BC, and the Babylonians were using it in the 6th century before that. We also showed you why this is important as to whether or not you have to have the barley, whether or not you keep the holy days at the right time, the holy days of Leviticus 23. And that's the important thing here in this whole discussion. If you keep the holy days at the wrong time, then Jehovah's not going to hear your prayers, and you're not going to be inside his salvation, his protection, his, which is what salvation Yeshua means. We explained that last time. So where do we get this idea from the Bible? Because you know, a lot of people are rejecting it because it's not found in the Bible. Or should I say they can't find it in the Bible? You know, when you go to the courses that King David set up, King David set up courses, and there's, I believe, 24, and they each served two weeks at the temple. So the Levites would come to the temple. This is uh, 1 Chronicles 27. Again, these notes are in the newsletter. David set up these courses, and the priests would come in and serve two weeks and then go back home. And we read how Solomon also did a similar type thing in 1 Kings 4, starting verse 7, going to uh, verse 19. And this is the, the military people that would come and serve, and they would serve for one month. So each tribe would serve for about one month. This is what they did. And it's almost similar to being tithe or to giving a tithe. So during that month, they would come and give their time for one month out of the 12 months of the year. There's an interesting thing here in 1 Kings 4, verse 19. We have the following scripture, which says, Gerber, the son of Uri, was in the country of Gilead, in the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and of Og, king of Bashan. And he was the only officer which was in the land. When we read it in English, we're thinking, what does that mean? We're, what's he saying here? So we go to the commentaries. The only one I could find that had anything on was John Gill. And he says the following. And in brackets, he was the only officer which was in the land, which is not true of Geber. For there was another officer in the land of Gilead besides him. The son of Geber before observed, unless it should be rendered in that land. In that part of the land he had, but then the same might have been observed of all the rest of the officers. The word may have been rendered best. And there was an officer in the land which some understood of one officer over all the rest. Azariah, the son of Nathan, 1 Kings 4, 5. Other Jewish writers say that this was another officer appointed for the intercalculated month, when there were 13 months in the year. There was an officer in the land fixed for that month 
to make provisions out of the land, perhaps anywhere where he pleased, being not limited to any certain place. And that's what uh, John Gill says in his commentary about this one verse. So what we do have is we have the first century text, uh, Zephri, Devram, 2, 3. Zephri, Devram, comments on the one governor who was over the land in 1 Kings 4.18. What is this one? This is for the month of intercalation. So here we have a source, probably one John, John Gill referring to this source, saying that this is for the 13th month. So this is 1 Kings 4, 18 or 19, depending on your version, saying that this is for the intercalculated month, the 13th month. Now, some of you may dis disregard what I've just said altogether. You know, you can't find that. You know, we're not going to take that interpretation of the Bible. Okay, but there's another source. And it's found in Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel gives you a, a number of dates and according to the year of captivity that he was in, according to the year since the captivity. And we're going to count those years and those days, and we're going to look at the calendar as we do it. And when we do that, you're going to find out there is another month added. In the book of Ezekiel, we're given a prophecy. The 390 days that he laid on his one side, and then the 40 days that he laid on his other side. This is a prophecy. But then it also gives us dates. And when you look at these dates, you're going to learn two things. One, that is the 13th month. And the other thing is that they go by the lunar crescent moon to begin the month. <gasps> Uh-oh. We're going to be upsetting some people here. But here's Ezekiel. Right after the captivity of 586 BC. And they are still referring to the lunar sighting of the month. So this didn't change in the Babylonian captivity. It was here at this time that we can prove it. In Ezekiel 4, verse 6, we are given a definite starting point for this prophecy. Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of the Almighty. In the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of Jehovah came expressly unto Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar, and the hand of Jehovah was upon him. So we're given the fourth month, the fifth year of King Jehoiakim, and this is a definite starting point. Now, in chapter 2, verse 7, And thou shalt speak thy, my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious, much like the people are today. Thus, having commissioned them, we read in chapter 3 that Ezekiel visited his fellow brethren of the captivity at Tilabib. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Chapter 3, verse 15. Then I came to them of the captivity of Tilabib, that dwelt by the river Chibar, and I sat there astonished among them seven days. So the key verse here, the key words here is seven days. So Ezekiel's vision came to him on the fifth day, and then seven days later is when we are starting to do our count from. So we're now at the twelfth day of the fourth month, in the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. So we're now at this twelfth day. And this is the part, or this is the time, when Ezekiel is given this other vision. And we're starting in Ezekiel 4, going from 1 to 11. And I'm going to read from the modern King James Version. 
And you, son of man, take a tile to yourself and lay it before you and portray on it the city of Jerusalem and lay siege against it and build a fort against it and cast a mound against it. Also set the camp against it and set battering rams against it on all sides and take the scroll or take an iron griddle to yourself and set it for a wall of iron between you and the city and set your face against it and it shall be under attack and you shall set a battle against it this shall be a sign to the house of Israel. Okay, so remember, the house of Israel has already gone into captivity. They went into captivity in 723 BC. That's when they finally capitulated. They were starting to be attacked years before that. Now it's 586 plus five years, because it's the fifth year of Jehoiakim, so 586, so that's 581 BC. Israel's already gone into captivity. So what's this talking about here? And this is for the house of Israel. And lie on your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel on it. According to the number of days that you shall lie on it, you shall bear the iniquity. For I have laid on you the years of their iniquity according to the number of days, 390 days. So you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when you have fulfilled them, lie again on your right side and you shall bear the iniquity of Judah 40 days. A day for a year a day for a year I have set for you. And you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem, and your arm shall be uncovered, and you shall prophesy against it. And behold, I will lay bands on you, and you shall not turn yourself from one side to another until you have ended the days of your siege. Take also to yourself wheat and barley, and beans and lentils, and millet and spilt, and put them in the one vessel, and make bread of them for yourself, according to the number of days that you shall lie on your side. Three hundred and ninety, you shall eat of it. And your food, which you shall eat, shall be by weight, twenty shekels a day. From time to time you shall eat it. You shall also drink water by measure, the sixth part of a hen. From time to time you shall drink. When we get to Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 1, we now learn that it's no longer the fifth year, but it's now the start of the sixth year. Well, not the start, but it's the sixth year. This is 430 days that Ezekiel has laid on his side. And now we're about to get an update as to where they are in the calendar. Because it's a calendar that we're looking at here. And it is that calendar that's going to tell us whether or not there's an intercalculated month been added during this time period. So get ready. Let's start doing a little bit of math. I know you're driving or you're walking. You can come back and read this newsletter later. It's called the 13th month of Ezekiel. So this is now Ezekiel 8 verse 1. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, mine house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of Jehovah Almighty fell upon me. There are many people out there who believe that the months back at this time were 30 days long, each one. Every month with 30 days. So if we start with the 12th day of the fourth month, and we count to the fifth day of the sixth month in the sixth year, we end up with the total number of days, and these days tell us something. The total number of days is 413 days. Yet the total amount of time that Ezekiel was to lie on his side was 430 days. What's happened? Something's not right here. Using the 30-day month, there's only 413 days gone by here. Something's not right. Something's askew. So we have to do a little bit more research. In chapter 6 of my book, Remembering the Sabbatical Year of 2016, page 39, we talk about these 30-day cycles. 
Emmanuel Velikovsky proposed that back at this time, the month consisted of 30 days, not 29, 30. And he said every day was 30. And he's based this on a number of assumptions from the Bible that are clearly wrong. But we're about to show him that this part is also false, that this, this idea that some people have of every month before the Babylonian captivity was 30 days long, it's a false teaching. The calendar has always been 29 or 30 days, 29 or 30. The moon goes around the earth in 27 or so days, but because the earth is also going around the sun and it takes the moon a couple more days to catch up to that point and then go around the earth again. So it's 29.5. Uh, there's a bunch of other numbers there, but 29.5. So when you look at the moon, it's either 29 or 30 days, 29 or 30 days, never 31, never 31. But to be consistently 30, well, it doesn't go with the, the cycle of the moon going around the earth. It just can't be 30 days every month. There are 354 days in a lunar year. There are 365 days in a solar year, 364 and a quarter or something like that. And that's why we have February 29th, a leap year, every four years, that quarter day. That's a solar year. But the Hebrew calendar, or the, the biblical calendar is a solar lunar calendar. So it goes by the moon every month, 29.5 or 30 days. And as I said in my book, it's, it was Emmanuel Velikovsky who proposed this idea that before the captivity, there's some uh, great big er eruption or the, the going back in time uh, in Isaiah, the shadow went backwards on the, step, uh, on the steps, or Joshua and the, uh, the moon and the sun stood still in their place. This caused a time change. Well, that's Velikovsky's theory, but that's not true. It's not true at all. And we're going to show you that here in Ezekiel. So in our calculations that we've just done, 413 days, we've used only 30-day months. But in the solar year, there's 365. Again, so I know these are numbers and you're driving or you're walking and they're, well, what's he doing here? 365 days in the solar year. But there's only 413 using 30-day months, and they don't add up right, right? Because we got to come up with 430, 430. This is the time the Ezekiel laid on the side. From the fifth day or the twelfth day of the fourth month in the fifth year of Jehoiakim's captivity to the, the fifth day of the sixth month in the sixth year of Jehoiakim's captivity. So now, let's just say that each month was 31 days in length. And if we add up all the time that Ezekiel was lying on his side from the fifth day of the fourth month until the fifth day of the sixth month, it would only add up to 427 days. He's still three days short. So even that scenario doesn't work here. So we've used a 30-day count for each month and it didn't work. We've used a 31-day count for each month and it didn't work. We've told you that the moon goes around the earth in 29.5. So let's get more precise. It's 29.53059 days each month. And as we said there in our last podcast, this is why there is 29 or 30 days per month during a 12-month or 13-month year cycle. You look up, you see the crescent moon, and if you see it, it on the 29th day, then it's a the next day is the first day, so it's a 29-day month. If you don't see it, then the next day is the 30th day. And then the day after that becomes the first day. Again, we come back to this, this teaching that uh, Yeshua said, No man shall know the day or the hour. 
Christians say that and said no one can know when he's coming. But he's actually talking about the Feast of Trumpets. We explained this last time. We'll do it again now. He's talking about the Feast of Trumpets. And if you don't know the day or the hour, but Paul says you will know the season. So we can know the seasons. Paul also said, or Yeshua said, you know, he's coming as a thief in the night. But if you know the seasons, you're not going to be caught off guard by this thief in the night. So because Christians don't keep the holy days, they don't understand what he's talking about here. The Feast of Trumpets is when he's coming back. Which one? That's for another discussion. But we know that's the time of year that he's going to come back on because that's the time of year that he was born on. He was born on the Feast of Trumpets, 3 B.C. The 29 or 30 day is referring to a crescent moon calendar. So now we've shown you that a 30 day month, Emmanuel Velikovsky, or a 31 day month does not add up. We have to look at a 29 or a 30 day month. So people like Velikovsky, they try and use the, 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 um, the count in uh, Noah of the five months and, and add that up to say that that is the proof there, or they use the Daniel 30 days of 12, uh, 1335 and uh, 1260 and 1290 as proof of the 30-day months. In both Noah's time and in the Daniel count, those 30 days or 360, those all have intercalculated months in there. Well, I, well Noah doesn't, but the Daniels do. The 1335 and the 1290 are both an added year, a 13th month year added to those years. And that's how they work. So again, I'm trying to get you to understand all this, trying to get you to contemplate it and think about it as you're walking. So if you want to pause or replay some of this stuff, do so. But think about it. 1335 has a 13th month added to it. 1290 has a 13th month added to it. And the 1260 does not. And we explained this in our book, The 2300 Days of Hell, which you can get from our website. But we're showing you Ezekiel here. Ezekiel's time period of the 390 days on one side and the 40 days on his other side. And they have to add up. So now let us start over again and do another addition. We're going to start at the fourth or the 12th day of the fourth month in the fifth year, Jehoiakim. We're going to alternate 2930, 2930, 2930 until we get to the fifth day of the sixth month in the sixth year of Jehoiakim. And we're going to add up all of that, and this is going to give us a total of 420 days. 420, well, that's still not 430. It's supposed to have been 430. But now we have 420. When we put in an extra month, we now end up with 430. Exactly what Ezekiel did by sleeping on his left side for 390 and on his right side for 40. As we've been explaining to you in, in past podcasts, you must have ripe barley to make a wave offering, your first fruits offering, during the Days of Unleavened Bread. The morrow after the Sabbath, during the Days of Unleavened Bread. That's the Sunday morning that you made this wave offering. This is the day Yeshua ascended to heaven. That's what the wave offering represents. So barley must be ripe, must be ready, and be able to be harvested to do that. If you don't have ripe barley... At the end of the year, you must add a 13th month. And a, a lunar solar year is 354 days. That's 11 days short of the solar year each year. So approximately every three years, 
an extra month is added. That's where we get this from. And Ezekiel's just showing you this uh, just by lying on his side, 430 days. So that's why we do it. So for the barley, this is proof that it used to be done. And we have other proofs in the tombstones of Zoar, which is another teaching I have. We also have the Daniel uh, 1335 and the Daniel 1260 and the Daniel 1290 days. You must have a 13th month. And as we mentioned last time, the metonic cycle in the Hebrew calendar, which most people go by, and then these are the same people that object to having a 13th month added, but they do it automatically in the, thir in the Hebrew calendar, adding a month every third year arbitrarily, whether the barley's ripe or not. They do not regard the barley. So this is their problem, and this is why it's important for us to do it at the right time so that we keep the holy days in the right season and on the right days. So now you understand that the 30-day month does not work and that a 31-day 12-month does not work, but only a alternating 2930 crescent moon month with a 13th month added in during that time during Ezekiel's 390-day and 40-day lying on each side, that's the only way it works, is with a 13th month added to the schedule. And it fits precisely. Okay, so let's take a quick look at Genesis 7. And we're going to talk about the flood here. This is the, uh, the five months or the uh, 150 days. Genesis 7, verse 11. And in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the foundations of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. Well, now we're in Genesis 8.3. And the waters continued off the earth continually. And after the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Now, I've actually been to Noah's Ark. I've been to the mountain of Ararat. I've been on Mount Ararat itself, and I've also been in the mountains of Ararat, and I've walked the circumference of Noah's Ark. I've measured it, top to bottom, turned the bow, and, and uh, side to side. And we have a whole other teaching that I'm hoping to put into a podcast here soon about it. But I'm one of those few teachers that you'll actually hear that's actually walked on this art. In one of my old articles, one of my first articles uh, back in 2007, I wrote the following. When I explain the 30 days of Noah, I remind people that the moon must be sighted in order to be declared a new moon day. Noah was locked inside the ark for this length of time. It was also raining and overcast for much of the time. If we do not see the moon on the 29th day, then a 30th day is added, and the first day will be the day after that of the new month. As you know, there is no 31 days. Noah was not able to see the new moon during the time inside the ark. It would not be until he took off the window and was able to see the sky in order to send off the birds. Then and only then could Noah sight the new moon. But inside the ark, all he could do was count 30 days each month. So now, ladies and gentlemen, you have your biblical proof that before the Babylonian captivity, or at the beginning of the Babylonian captivity, 
that Ezekiel was still using a calendar that used the crescent moon to, to begin the month, and that he used a 13th month when the barley wasn't ripe. You have biblical proof now. So all these people that are going around saying there's no proof of a 13th month and why are you adding it, they're ignorant of these scriptures. So I urge you to share this, to tell others, and to let them know these things so that they can become more obedient to Jehovah. The month begins with the crescent moon being sighted. That's the only way that you can start your count to the holy days. Once you do that, then you'll be keeping the holy days at the right time. No man shall know the day or the hour. The seventh month, the first day of the seventh month, when you have to sight the moon to begin the month, is the day that no man can know. It's the hour that no man can know. That's what this feast day is about. And that's why Yeshua said it about this day, when he would return. So now you understand these things. Tell others. Share this stuff with them. Stop, replay this, think about it. And if you can't understand what I'm saying, go and read the article, uh, the 13th month of Ezekiel. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please tell others. Please rate them. Let people know how much you enjoy them. Let iTunes know how much you enjoy it. Share them with others. Help us to bring more of these podcasts to you. Get on our website. Make a donation of $5 a month. Just $5 a month so that we can plan our work. The more of you that do this, the more we will be able to do. We have work in Africa. We have work in Asia that we're trying to do. We need help to do it. So please join us in this effort. Share these things. Discuss them. Think about them. And rate this podcast. Again, thank you so very much for tuning in again. Jehovah be with you. Jehovah open your eyes so that you can see his marvelous truths. And Jehovah guide you, lead you to his knowledge and his understanding, and give you the wisdom to discern his truths from the many, many heresies that are out there. Shalom, brother. Until next time. It won't be